This is the Door Knocker Podcast, where we dive into the explosive growth of the sales industry. We take an in-depth look with the industry's top talent to uncover what has made them successful as salespeople, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We believe all of life's opportunities are just behind the next door. With that being said, opportunities knocking. I'm your host, Zach Ross. Yo, 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 my man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad so we got here. we got phase two of the Knock Stars, but probably the most important member, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I love Danny, but let's get real here. So how are you, Taylor? You good? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me. No problem, man. I really appreciate you carving out a little bit of time. I know you have a busy schedule while you're here in Vegas. So first time in Vegas? No. No. Been here about four or five times. We used to come here all the time with Solar City. So they used to have the big summits here back in the day. So probably like fifth, sixth time coming to Vegas. Okay. How's it been so far? It's been great. You know, I uh, had a nice little Sunday. Uh, thanks. Big shout out to Tom Brady and Derek Carr. Nice little come up at the Wynn Sportsbook. So that that was pretty good. Yeah, it came in through down, made a little cash. Yeah, pretty much. And you didn't just go spend it back at the at the casino. You kept it like an intelligent person. I, I kept it, and then I invested a little bit at the Louis store. My oh. first purchase. I don't really go to the Louis store, but I said, hey, you know what? I won the money. Tom and Derek are paying for this for me. So I got a nice little suit coat for my next event. There's nothing like going to the Louis store and getting a little investment. Did you go to the one at Wynn? I went to the one, the men's shop at Wynn, yes. That's a legend there, yeah. yeah. They got a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff there, bro. Yeah, I'll take it. So um, a lot of people know your story. A lot of people don't. Um, I know it pretty well, but let's 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 give some people some insight on it. Um, how'd you start in door-to-door? So I, I actually was a golf caddy um, when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. I watched my parents struggle. You know, we always used to get bound to our last $20. Really, I lived with my dad, and we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. I lived in the living room. And then, you know, I was 18 years old and I was still a senior in high school. And, you know, I got into door-to-door sales at 18 years old. And I remember my first hour being out there, I did three $86 triple plays for Verizon Fios, which was like $250 I made in an hour. And I did the math and I, as a golf caddy, I'd have to carry two golf bags on my shoulders for four hours to make 80 bucks. So I was like 60 to 80 bucks. So I'm like, that would have taken me 12 hours of carrying around golf bags for what I just did in 45 minutes to an hour knocking doors. So at 18 years old, I actually skipped my last class of high school and I skipped my graduation because I was in a sales competition. I won Celtics Lakers finals tickets. So that was pretty cool. That's that's tight. And uh, yeah, man, I'm 31 years old. So a lot of the time I'm the old guy in the room training some of these 18, 19, 20, 21 year old guys. And I do the math and I'm like, damn, this kid was legitimately five years old when I started to knock doors. So, you know, this last year has been really a, a big year of service. Because throughout the last 14 years, you know, I've always been a, a an intrapreneur and, you know, a player coach within my organizations. And this year we, you know, started Knockstar really to give back to the community and, you know, really to, you know, share a lot of the knowledge. I feel like I'd be being very selfish if I didn't give it back to the community. And, you know, I think probably the best part about this experience is all the friends that I've been able to make and all the relationships I've been able to build over the last year. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty rad. So you started with Verizon FiOS. 
Correct. Yeah. What was that? What was that like back in the day? That was like what, 2008, 2009? Yeah, 2008. I worked for a company called 2020 Communications, and that was Verizon FiOS. Um, from Verizon FiOS, I went to Comcast because then they were paying like $300 for a triple play. Then I stacked up about $10,000 in my bank account at 18, 19 years old, and I wanted to pursue a career in professional snowboarding. So I moved to Argentina and I was living in Argentina in the summertime. I broke my collarbone with no health insurance, got down to probably like $2,000 in my bank account. If I didn't break my collarbone, I would have went to Vermont and kept snowboarding because I was snowboarding in in the winter in Vermont and then Argentina in in the summer, broke my collarbone, no health insurance. I come home, my brother who had sold uh, for a company called Platinum Protection, had a brand new BMW M3 in the driveway. And I was like, bro, how many, how, who'd you sell drugs to this summer? And, <laughs> you know, he's like, I moved to Cleveland, Ohio. I sold alarm systems and he showed me an $83,000 check. And I would have went up to Vermont to snowboard that winter, but I pivoted, went to Tampa, Florida, almost quit my first week doing alarms. I was like, this is a scam. And then, you know, I was like, wait a second, I don't even have my badge yet. I'm going to give this a go. And I remember, you know, listening to a presentation and I wrote out my presentation word for word. And as a rookie, I had over 100 preseason accounts, which, you know, had never been done by a rookie. And I finished my first year doing alarms with over 400, you know, security systems. Spent three years in the security industry, uh, did 400 accounts, 420 and then 425 for the three years that I sold alarms. And I remember because I was going suitcase, suitcase, city to city, and I wanted to build something bigger than myself. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, and I remember I flew up to San Francisco, met with Elon Musk, cousins, Lyndon, and Peter Rive, and at that moment, I made the decision to say, hey, I want to build something bigger than myself, and was fortunate enough during my three, four years to move up to a director of the entire East Coast for Solar City, and started with three guys, and we ended up having... I think 910 was our max for our sales people up and down the East Coast that I directly managed. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about my story. You know, did a year of roofing sales, and you know now we're into Knockstar and solar. So I've been involved with the solar industry really since 2014. Yeah. So that first year with that first year with uh, Solar City was 2014. 2014. Yes, I believe it was 2014. How? So you were 24 then. 24 years old when I started. I remember when I was 23, 24, um, I just turned 25 and I got a phone call. I was like, hey, you're a big 10Xer. And it was Grant Cardone. And that was my first real podcast that I ever did. I think that's probably like my third or fourth. So, you know, it was just, you know, pretty much the validity has always been a word for me. You know, it's not just about, you know, talking about doing it. It's just about actually doing it. And and I talk about this a lot. There's a difference between the guy that was claims he's the number one guy and has the trophy or, you know, really you were number seven. So, you know, one thing <laughs> when I did alarms is I got the trophy every year for three straight years. And then my goal was when I got to Solar City, I wanted to go from a Jerry Rice to a Jerry Jones. And I wanted to build something bigger than myself. And I remember when I met Elon Musk, I shook his hand. I said, hey, you're going to know who I am one day. And I recorded a video with Lyndon Rive that said, hey, I'm going to build a thousand man sales force that each installs a hundred accounts per year. And, you know, I looked him square in the eye and shook his hand. And, you know, we took the process as far as we could with Solar City until they told us, hey, there's no more door knocking. 
if you want to continue working here, you guys can work out of a Home Depot. And at that point, I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm not going to yeah. be sitting in a Home Depot <laughs> yeah. like, hey, do you need me to tell you where the hammers are and the screwdrivers? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they told us we weren't allowed to knock doors. And then we made a pivot at that point. So, Well, what, what do you think? I mean, like 400, your first year alarms is pretty nutty. Um, I, you know, that's insane. So what do you think was majorly different about you back then than probably most of the other guys that are doing 100, 150 or whatever? So two things. One, absolute certainty. You have to have absolute certainty on your mission. If you want to be the number one person within your organization, you have to have absolute certainty. And it's not necessarily about your why. It's more about your who. You know, for me, it's always been like my dad. He's been always a a, a driving factor for me because I watched how hard that he worked and how we struggled when I was younger. And I said, hey, like I have the opportunity of a lifetime here. I can create my own paycheck. I can tell somebody else what I'm worth. And I'm going to go out and prove that to you. I'm going to put my last name on my back. I'm going to put my Boston cap on because that's where I'm from. And I'm going to go out and prove it to people. And, you know, that's always been like, I've always had kind of like a chip on my shoulder for the simple fact that, you know, I know that, you know, God has given me a talent, not only to do sales, but also to teach other people. And, you know, I look at it like I'm being genuinely selfish if I don't give back and help as many people as I possibly can. So, so so your dad was a huge driving force in the beginning. Were they super, were your parents like super supportive of this? I mean, like you're missing high school, you're missing graduation. You know, were they like, yeah, knock doors. Like, was that like a thing that they were down with? Uh, that's a good question. So I had a 1.8 GPA in high school. Like I remember like my dad says my senior year, like I'd wake up at like 10 o'clock and like I'd go, he'd be like, Taylor, get up the bus. You got to go to school. And I'd show, I think I was late more days on my senior year. Cause I'd sit and, science class and they'd be teaching about the periodic table i'm like bro i'm never gonna need to know like all this stuff (laughs) protons and neutrons and you know what i mean i'd sit there and like i'd get to the class in the morning and then i'd look at the kid like next to me and i'd be like yeah let me check out your homework bro i gotta get this filled out i'm just trying to get a d you know what i mean i'm just trying to pass i just don't want to go to summer school Uh, i was never really a hard worker and you know a lot of people say like you know that translates into door-to-door sales but for me like i've treated this like a game my entire career for sales i really don't care about the money the money comes it was more about never letting somebody to have the ability to say that they beat me head to head i didn't want somebody to say hey i beat taylor in a competition because you know this is my sport and i'm very competitive it's the same way that i play sports i'm Mm -hmm. I'm very competitive I, i love to win but i just really don't like to lose I hate losing more than I like winning. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's it's a losing, you know, losing stings. That's the way I look at it. It stings a lot. So, what was your? What do you attribute? Mo- uh, I mean, other than you know, absolute certainty. What do you like? What do you attribute your your success mostly that first year? I mean, like, what was it? Work ethic. What I mean, re- I mean, that first year doing that many alarms yeah. and then continuing. I mean, like, really, like, what was like the one of the other major attributes that you would, you know, and pro- probably because it carries over to the next, you know, thirteen years. So like I said, it's not about your why, it's about your who. You know, I knew that they would lead up to this year-end party at the end of the year and everybody would be in tuxedos and, you know, I'm just like this kid with long hair. I was from Massachusetts originally. I didn't travel much besides Argentina. Like literally before I went to Argentina, I went to Disney World once. I didn't have much life experience of traveling that much. But I saw all these guys, these flashy cars and these suits and ties, fancy clothes. You know, I'm going to Tampa and it's like, you know, I'm still like just a, a, a young kid at that time. And I think one of the major factors was I knew that my who 
mm. was my dad and I wasn't going to let somebody take that away from me. So I knew that I had the strongest why or who out of everybody. And then I think the formula is I was completely myopic or I had tunnel vision. I cut out all of my distractions and, you know, I didn't take any days off. It was Monday through Saturday. I, I was in the cut every single day. You know, I was always dropped off. I was the first one dropped off and the last one picked up, which maximized my time in the field. A lot of the time I'd be getting a sale before everybody in the car group was even dropped off. And then once they all got picked up, I would always tell them, pick me up last, pick me up last and drop me off first because it maximizes my time and my efficiency in the field. And then once you can create momentum, you know, that's how you can start getting really good. And, you know, the second year or third year of doing alarms, you know, we were in a competition. Actually, the second year, we were in this competition called the All-Star Games, and it was nine versus nine competition, and we lost on the last day about like one sale, and it stung so bad. We went out to a, a trailer park at 3 a.m., and we were knocking on doors with lights on, and one guy, we actually got a same day. We, we lost by one or two sales, but the next year, I just had this tunnel vision. I was so hyper-focused. And that week I, you know, did 45 alarm systems, um, sold and installed. And, you know, that was my record for alarms was 45, 45 alarm systems in a week and roofing. It was 117 sales in 11 days. And then in solar, um, actually this past month I did 14 loans in five days, but I think when we did PPAs back in the day, it was like 22 in a week. But, um, you know, I think the the loan is a little bit more of a technical sale than just, you know, selling a site survey or a power purchase agreement. So you know, that's kind of a little bit about my history in the door-to-door game. Yeah, good game. I want to, first of all, man, um, 100 preseason and then 400 as a as a rookie year. Shout out for that, man. I'm, I'm a door knocker. And, you know, I know guys get into that 300 and 400 range, especially on year one. I did 213 uh, my first my first year. I know what it took to do 213. So shout out for, you know, 100 preseason and 300 um, during the summer. It's a big deal. You know, a lot of what I hear is just, I've been analyzing myself when I first started. And it's just, you see these similarities in people and it's just this hyper focus, this belief in yourself. Mm -hmm. You had a why and you really, really took the job seriously. You saw the forest past the trees, you could see the money. And, and, and we know that this job is an equal opportunity employer and you pulled your bootstraps up and you went to work and, and that's what we do. So big shout out for that, man. Your accomplishments are huge in that 400 on year one. That's, that's money. Yeah. Super money. Yeah. I love people probably try to knock that tree down too. So what was it like going into solar? Did you go from solar? Like, you know, um, hit the ground running in the same way like where were you knocking originally like where'd you see success because i mean that's that's kind of the early days of solar right realistically so what was that like what was that change like for you so i had been living out of a suitcase for three years you know six months here three months here four months here and when i met Lyndon and peter you know elon's cousins i realized at that moment i made the decision that i wanted to build something bigger than myself and you know that's when i moved back to boston the area that i'm from and you know, every year with alarms, I always had to constantly rebuild my sales team. And I was always, you know, mm. the top salesperson. But I said, hey, how do I go from a Jerry Rice to a Jerry Jones? And we started with like three to five, then I went to 10, then I went to 20. And, you know, I was always the rabbit within my organization, even when we had 100 sales reps. I think that's a big problem with a lot of, 
you know, leaders is they get up to 10 sales reps and they're like, I've got all this stuff that I need to do. So I'm not knocking anymore. Yeah. I've been there. And yeah. they, they delegate, uh, they delegate their, their, they're supposed to delegate their authority, but not their responsibility. Mm. And one of the most productive tasks for any leader within an organization is to actually lead their team. You know, being the rabbit within your organization, for example, like at the beginning of the month, doing 14 self-gens in five days, I had one guy that did six self-gens in five days, and he had the best week that he had. And then I had a brand new guy that did three self-gens in five days, and he was sitting there like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Taylor did 14, and I only have three in five days. I've got to be doing something wrong. But you have to understand if he was the top salesman at three, he would have been like, wow, I'm beating everybody. Right. So setting the tone for your organization is something critical because compromising on talent is toxic. That's where you'll have a mediocre organization. And, you know, I think one thing that we did to mm. grow the organization so big at Solar City was, you know, we had the deep down belief in what we were doing. And, you know, we worked for Elon Musk and, you know, we really were proud to do what we did. And, you know, we had the belief in where we wanted to go with the organization. And then when that, when like, when that split, when Solar City got bought by Tesla and they disbanded and then you left and went, you went to roofing after that? So at that point, I uh, went to another solar company. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. I was with them for about a year and a half, and they made a lot of promises, something that you know I'm going to bring up right now. It's called a bait and switch. Some of these yeah. companies, like people probably don't want me saying this right now, but there's a lot of companies that will say one thing, and then they lie about it, and then you call them out on that. And then they're just not, you know, they're not happy. And it's like, well, dude, you told me this, like, you know, for example, like if I'm bringing over all these salespeople when I switch companies, you know, I want to be able to have my own region. I'm not just going to put them all under all the other managers. And like we were working certain areas. So, you know, had a little bit of a, a bait and switch experience there. And then I took maybe like six months off where I kind of just kind of did my own thing. I was living up in New Hampshire and, you know, we went to Peru. That's where my wife is from. So I went to go visit Peru and I came back and I remember my wife said, hey, like, don't come back to the house unless you start making some money. And I was like, all right, let's go. So let's I went go, down, baby. I went to Florida and I played golf actually at, I think it was called, uh, I forget what it was called. It was the golf course where Tiger Woods' wife chased him with a golf club, like Edelweiss <laughs> or something like that in Orlando, Englewood. I forget where it was called, but played with one of the presidents at ADC where I was considering getting back into the alarm systems. Went down to South Florida, did a, another podcast with another guy, um, ended up being the director of sales for his roofing company, made an agreement, you know, to get a percentage of whatever I grew the company and, you know, ended up working with that guy for just about a year and, you know, got to the point where I was supposed to get my big check. And then it was like, hey, Taylor's not no longer going to be the director of sales for our company. And, you know, I ended up saying like, well, dude, like we made an agreement on this. And then the next thing you know is. It's like, okay, well, just email me what you feel like you're owed. Emailed it. It's, they said, hey, well, if you sign this form, you know, we'll pay you $10,000. And I was like, dude, so another bait and switch. And, you know, I guess the way that I look at it is I've won some, I've lost some, but I'm still undefeated. And throughout all those years, I was entrepreneur. I would always build value for somebody else's company. And, you know, this past year has been a journey within Knockstar to build something that's my own company. And, you know, I'm a co-founder of Knockstar University with uh, one of my good friends, Danny Pessy. We rose through the ranks over, you know, the 10 years of selling door to door. And, you know, I think, one, like I said at the beginning, one of the best parts about this is just 
Like I, I'm a very, I'm a very, I'd like to think of myself as a very real person. Like there's no fluff in, in who I am. I don't think about what I'm going to say. I just kind of talk and, you know, being able to form all the relationships over the last year and make an impact on all these people, you know, has been very fulfilling for me. It's been very fulfilling for me to be able to watch a lot of the students that I've been able to work with over the last year. You know, like, I'm like, let me hear your presentation. And they're using exactly what I taught them word for word. And then they see the results. And, you know, that's a really cool part of what I do as a sales trainer. And I think probably one of the best parts of being a professional sales trainer is I get to call some of the top salespeople all around the United States and really the world, some of my best friends. And, you know, that's definitely a big advantage of being able to, you know, do what I do. Yeah, it's pretty badass. You you had a little stint with, I, what was the guy's name again? Where you, you were a trainer for him for a little while? So I was a, the first certified trainer for Tom Hopkins. That's right. Yeah. So what, 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 like, how did you get into that with Tom Hopkins? And then what was it like, you know, doing that? Yeah. So when I was 24 years old working for Solar City, you know, Grant Cardone had heard about me being one of the top door-to-door sales professionals. And this was even before Grant Cardone got big, like seven years ago in a small little office. And heard, hey, I heard your big 10Xer, went on to his podcast. Tom had happened to see that podcast and called me. And, you know, I was a big, like Tom Hopkins is where I, I learned most of my material. And, you know, it bred me to be the salesperson that I am today. And he had called me and said, hey, I want you to join me and and actually come to my house. I slept over Tom Hopkins' house in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then flew with him to LA. And I presented on stage my first real big speaking event, you know, back when I was 25 years old. And, you know, then I worked with Tom and, you know, was licensed as his first certified trainer, you know, for his material um, back when I was like 25, 26 years old. And, you know, I think at that point I realized like why sales training is so important because what happens is the reason there's so much mediocrity is because people don't continually try to sharpen their tools. They have one way to close the sale or one way to break preoccupation or one way to handle I'm not interested and then they utilize it and it doesn't work. They don't got anywhere to go and they're sitting in the corner. You know, so there's psychology of reasons why people say yes. There's psychology of reasons why people say no. There's glamour words that will build excitement during a presentation, commonly known words that are uncommonly used. There's nasty words like pitch. I hate that word. <laughs> we have a game with all my friends that if you say pitch around to anybody, you have to drop and do 10 pushups. The only way you can refer to the nasty word of pitch is if you're referring to a baseball throw, a, fo- uh, a soccer field, or an angle of a roof. But it's like, hey, let me hear your presentation. Let me hear you present. That's not a nasty word. Like last year, I had a lady that said, I'm not going to sign the contract. I said, that's perfectly fine. All we're going to do is okay the form. And that's next step would be submitting your application. She's like, okay, I'll okay the form, right? It's like appointment, pop by and visit, customers, families that we serve, you know, because these nasty words remind people of bad past selling experiences. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a good look. So what was it like with Tom Hopkins, man? I mean, that's like, that's a crazy experience, right? That's like one of your idols, I guess, right? I mean, like, yeah. you know, your, your sensei, your master, whatever. What was it like for the, for you then, dude? I mean, like, you know, you seem to assume the sale with everything in life, right? You just visualize, you're talking about that earlier, visualize and vocalize it. So what was it like when he called you and then you got to go stay at his house and then, and then be his only certified trainer? It was very surreal. I remember sitting there like... 
just in, in like the guest bedroom and like looking at all these paintings and then like working out with him in the morning and then like looking at pictures of him and J. Douglas Edwards. If you guys don't know J. Douglas Edwards, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time as far as sales trainers. Um, even though his stuff was back in the 60s and 70s, you know, it's still very, you know, it's still very relevant today. You know, it's very, very relevant today because it's a lot of the fundamentals and the concepts of modern day selling that we do today. You know, getting people to like you, trust you, making it make sense. Trust and timing is the two biggest things we need to overcome, especially in door-to-door sales. You know, sir, trust is the biggest thing that I need to overcome with you. It's like having a cell phone with no service. All you can really do is play games. So level with me. How much of what I say do you actually believe? Because I'm not here to play any games, right? Timing, sir, timing's the hardest part about what I do. A lot of the time, if you don't bring up these lingering questions, if you don't explain the benefits, there is a psychology, not only why somebody would say yes to you, but also the reason why somebody would say no. And if you understand those, that's where you can actually up-level your presentation and give yourself the best percentage to close more deals. So do you... Do you think, because what you're talking about is, is the, is it's human psychology, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it takes a, a lot of people, me included, you know, when I, I had this intrinsic ability to sell and I didn't know why I can sell. And then as I started learning about sales and educating myself, it's, I started to use critical thinking to become aware of it. But do you think just out of my personal curiosity, because it sounds like a lot of the fundamentals of that came from that early time with Tom and those, is, is that where that developed and where those ideas sparked in you to get this creative and understand that psychology level of it? So I would even take it before that. I would go back to when I was 15, 16 years old because I was a golf caddy at the most expensive golf course in Massachusetts called the Vesper Country Club. And I would need to learn how to speak yeah. to people because part of sales, like a big portion of this whole, uh, of this whole game is mirror and matching people. Like, how are they going to want to be spoken to, right? And I need to be able to communicate with somebody on the right frequency. You know, a lot of the time, Mm. especially this last 40 days, being on the road, traveling office to office, training with all these different sales reps and watching them present and then them watching me present, the biggest difference is they don't engage the homeowner like I do. They're just talking at the customer or the families that we serve and they're just staring there with a blank face where it's a lot different that if I'm like, hey, I don't know if you guys know what's going on in the state. Actually, it's easier if I show you. So it is pretty serious. We're not trying to come down anybody, however it is important. Uh, and then I, I'm putting something in front of their face, like a visual aid, and then I take it away. Then I'm being a little bit more dynamic. I'm pointing at their roof. I'm showing them the pictures of their roof. And I'm putting something in their hand because right now you guys are in a situation where you guys are forced to utilize the utility company as your only option where we're just shifting, redirecting. That's a big glamour word that we just talked about. Like, hey, there's a new program that will allow you to redirect, divert, or shift what you would have paid to the utility company actually back into the equity of the home. What was the main reason you picked NV Energy in the first place? Cool. You guys weren't thinking about closing out the account, right? So you're utilizing a lot of different techniques. And when we talk about fundamentals, like takeaways, tie downs, instant reverse close, right? You know, the instant reverse close. That's exactly why you should do it. You could utilize it for any sort of objection or concern. But, you know, for me, I think. Let let me just do a quick plug there for our listeners, for you. Um, Taylor was just trying to close my face with one of his Knockstar um, presentation slicks, which are, (laughs) 
amazing. We actually have quite a few copies that we bought off those guys. So if you're interested, watch the YouTube on the slicks. But T- Taylor uses the slicks in a really elegant way to to create this presentation, and he's developed the slicks. I love the slicks. So just a little plug for Knockstar. The slicks are available. Yeah, for those of stuff. you that can't see the video, they can't see the video, yeah. but they they do help close faces. Yeah, and and with the slicks, what you have to understand is it's a visual aid. Somebody will process a picture. 5,000 times faster than they will with my words. Even when they don't understand my words, they're going to react to my diction, which is the pronunciation of my words, the range of my voice, the highs and the lows, the volume, if I talk really small or if I talk really loud, and then the pace, right? One thing that I do notice when I knock with all these different salespeople is they just don't engage the homeowner the same way I do. And what I mean by engaging the homeowners, I'm putting something in their hand. I'm pointing out pictures. I'm pointing at their roof. I'm showing them the picture of all the sun hours that hit their home. Then I take it away out of their hands, and then I hand them something else, and I have a direction. As a professional door-to-door salesperson, Mm. you are an assistant buyer, and it's my job to take your hand and lead you through the process. The number one rule of ethics and selling is if somebody qualifies by means of financial capability, wants, and needs, you must sell them. You are not an order taker. And that's one thing that has always stuck with me, is that my job is to take them through the process because I know I can help their situation. There's no way I can hurt their situation whatsoever. Full belief, right? Like we were talking about earlier. Full belief, repetition, clarity, energy, belief, service, indifference. Those you know, we're, I'm realizing this even for myself, right? This is like my first real full year knocking and like what I've been through the last year and like take, I'm in 31, right? I didn't start at 18, right? Um, I've always been told since I was, I could walk that I'm a good salesman. Uh, I sold the shit out of my mom for a long time on a lot of stuff till she married my stepdad. And then he became, you know, the the worst, worst person in my life because he woke my mom up to it, Right. But I've always been told I was just never, I never comfortable to do it. And in what I've been inventorying this last year and watching your guys' content and taking in Lee's content and all this other stuff, because I've taken in a lot of the Knockstar content, is is a lot of this like the belief in myself and then the belief in the product, right? Because, you know, Lee's been mentioning a lot, you know, don't quit to the miracle happens a lot here in sales. Because some people don't get, you know, 400 deals in their first year. They don't. But that, like you said before, it's, it's, we're not going to compare in that manner right? Three self-gens in five days for a new guy is good, right? That's a good look, right? You know, any sales when you're in the beginning is a good look, right? And so you're, you're putting some good stuff in my mind right now that I hope the listeners are getting the same out of it. It's just like this full belief in, in yourself, right? And then that transfer of energy to the homeowner. And then I love what, we, what you've been, especially this last 40 something days, like the con- we were talking about it yesterday, but you know, I don't know very many people that have a camera guy falling around when they're knocking doors, right? I don't know very many guys that have 27 people standing on a curb saying on a Christmas carol to a homeowner when they're, but that's the kind of thing that changes this industry, which gives more, because I think a lot of times this industry, people hold it close to their chest, mm-hmm. right? And they're unwilling to give it to somebody else. You're taking all this compounding of years. And it's not like, not to say that certain organizations that have their own content that only says their organization's bad. It's just their company's content. But you and Danny are giving it away for free at a compounding rate. Right. Mm -hmm. And the fee of service is very, very low, to be honest, for what you guys probably could be charging. Right. So what what's it? I know Knockstart, you know, university is is within its infancy. So what's it been like for you and Danny? And not that necessarily you got off the doors, but like you were talking about going from an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur and, and, you know, getting off doors as a full time job into the training aspect of it. What's that been like for you? 
Well, like I'm still a player coach. So like, you know, I'm still on the doors and, you know, doing training and, you know, doing Zooms and speaking at events, you know, but Knockstar being within its infancy, you know, really my vision for this, you know, is that one day when I'm sitting there with my wheelchair, my cane or my walker, that they have this big event with these guys that aren't even born yet that are hosting the event. And they lead up to their last thing. And they say, and our original founders, Daniel Pessy and Taylor McCarthy. And we're going up there with our wrinkles. And you know, <laughs> one day that I'm chilling out on my porch on my rocking chair, smoking some cigars with my buddies or CBD or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, we're just having a good time and talking about, you know, our life experience and, you know, what has gotten us to that point. Because when we die, we're not going to take anything with us. But the impact and the major reason why I'm doing this, because I could sit at home and I could sell my own solar accounts every single day and, you know, I could work for a year just hustling, but it's not going to leave as big of an impact in what I'm trying to create here at Knockstar. And, you know, one of the common denominators with all top salespeople is they shine with something that we call conviction. And one thing is the homeowners has given us the excuse to say no. All I've got to do is find the excuse for them to say yes. That's it. That's it. It's it's a tactic. They're, they're, them saying they're not interested, that's a technique used by the buyer to stall or prolong the decision. I just find the excuse for them to say yes, right? And, you know, that's why I utilize the visual aids to be able to not only tell them, because if they hear something, they read it, they say it, and then I can get them to write things down, then, you know, that's how I'm going to actually get them to learn solar and then be comfortable with making the decision. Yeah, the cool thing from for for myself and I know a lot of people that I talk to is is watching you're not only we were talking about numbers, right? Let's take a step back for a second. And everyone always talks about their numbers, right? But do you have the screenshots or the trophies to prove it? Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of guys that are in your business now in the coaching aspect of it only show their wins. Mm-hmm. They only show like, "Oh yeah, I closed 40 larger." You have been documenting getting kicked off the door more often than getting in the home, right? And how you you, you you described it yesterday, it's been mulling in my head for the last 24 hours. It's like, hey, God bless. You having a bad day? Because Bodie Gardner talked about that on his podcast where he literally heard the tape. I don't know who it was. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not why I'm here. But what's going on? Is everything okay? And actually caring. And whether or not they buy from you or not, doesn't matter because you had a great presentation. Oh man, that was great, right? You were describing that. Can you describe that experience? Yeah, I guess, you know, like the guy that was shooting all my footage and my camera guy, he's like, hey, do you ever get nervous when you go on to these blitzes like you're going to produce or not produce? And I said, no, this is what this is what I do. And we got to California and Northern California in the first couple hours, you know, I wasn't getting the result that I want, but my presentation was on point. And you know, at the end of the day, he's like, dude, I wasn't sure if we were going to like, what if we came here on this blitz and made this video and you bageled and we ended up with two self gens the first, first day, two self gens the second day. And, you know, for me, it's just simply like, I just focus on input. Like it's, I know the result is going to come. Mm. The hardest part about my job is timing. And if I focused on input the entire day, I remember working when I was selling alarm systems and I worked like eight hours straight in this town in Florida. I forget where it was, but it was like eight hours straight and I didn't have a sale. And I called uh, one of my buddies, one of, one of the goats in the alarm industry, his name's Jake Ellsworth. And I said, dude, I'm, I've been out here for like eight hours. I don't know what's going on. I don't have any sales. I've been, I've been working really hard out here today. And he's like, bro, you've been out there eight hours and you didn't get a sale yet. That's freaking awesome, dude. 
And I was like, what? And he's like, just think about this. He goes, you're working one of the hardest turfs. If you put in eight hours input and you haven't had a sale, that's training and you're sharpening your ax big time. Once you get up to Detroit, Michigan, you're going to be ripping deals. So sometimes uh. it's not about the way, like the results I don't care about. I focus on the input. The results come every single time. It's not magic that I get the results. The hardest part about my job is timing and, and building the trust and the legitimacy. And I bring those things up because I don't want lingering questions. If I go through this process with somebody, they'll do it. It's just, uh, I just need to have the timing. I need to focus on the input. I need to put myself in front of as many people as mm. possible. I mean, the first one dropped off, last one picked up. Put myself in front of as many people as possible and make it make sense. Confused mind always says no. A couple things before I forget. So just just on that, we hear a lot of the same the same thing. And what we've heard this before in, in other words, and they were, don't marry the process, not the outcome. And that's what you're talking about is we, we, the successful the people, River Skinner. yeah, the, these people, the successful people in our industry, um, who, who make it long-term and become vets and who can knock doors and don't have that fear. It's because we know what happens when we boot up and we go out and we, we knock doors and it doesn't matter what happens in a day. doesn't matter how, what happens in a two days. If, if we do what we do consecutively, we're married to that process. The outcome is literally inevitable. So I just wanted to shout out to that. And the other thing is, is to praise you guys for giving the content out mm. uh, because it's what Zach and I do with the podcast, but it's counterintuitive to a lot of people in our industry, not to true leaders because true leaders, they have an abundance mindset and they know, we all know that the way to grow is to expand bandwidth and the way to expand bandwidth is just to give the information out. It makes us more cognitive. So I, I love watching what you're doing, but I, I love what you just said about, you know, you you j literally just said, be married to the process and not the outcome. And that's where you get that grit and that fortitude long-term as a door knocker is because you know what happens when you boot up. Married to the game. And, you know, when I met Tom Hopkins for the first time, I was sitting with him at a Thai restaurant and I said, what's the best three pieces of advice you'd give me? And he said, do what you fear most. We must do the most productive task at every given moment and always give people way more than they expect. And, you know, that's three of the big rules that I follow as far as, you know, being a sales pro. And, you know, for a while, like it bothered me seeing all these other sales trainers train. And I'm like, bro, that guy has no validity or that guy like is just lying through his teeth. And, you know, and at the same time, like I felt like validity was a big word for me because 13 years I went into into sales and you know I didn't have the recognition that I have now over the last year from putting myself out there because you know uh. um I focused on you know giving people more than they expect and you know now it's something that's a part of me that you know is is a very like I said it's very fulfilling because you know of the friendships I've been able and the relationships I've been able to build. No, if anyone wants to argue about the time, your time, tell them to call me because I'll justify you giving away your time. So, um, you know, and I, and I, everything you guys said too, but the one thing that's replaying in my mind right now is you, I think you were in Denver, uh, recently and, it, and, and you said, you know, you said, listen, I'm not here tell, talking to their crew. I'm not here to change everything about what you're doing. I'm not here to like completely, I'm here to just take a couple things and try to implement them and hopefully they work. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think that's what a lot of us, you know, we, we forget. It's like, listen, I could take in all of Tom Hopkins content, which I'm going to now because of you, because I've never taken in any, anything he's ever put out. So I'm going to take it all in now. I don't need to add every single thing into it. 
right? Because everything's almost the same, right? There's the goats, but everything's most, you're gonna, I'm going to hear most of the similar things, but it's when I hear it, how I hear it, and then how do I apply it, right? And you're talking about shopping your saw. I think that's a big one too, especially for that. So first of all, what, you know, where can people find you guys online? So if you guys want to follow us at knockstar.com, um, Instagram, Taylor, MCC Solar. And then if you just type in my name on YouTube, youtube.com slash Taylor McCarthy, um, we've got a ton of new footage coming out. And that was part of me going on that blitz because we're off to Peru next month. We're going to be rebuilding an orphanage for a bunch of little kids. And it's probably one of the most uh, things that I've looked forward to most of this year because I realized, hey, if I want to go to Peru and do the charity trip and then maybe I want to go hang out in you know, the jungle or go do something for 10 days after that, I could justify that by working so hard and then going to what Tom told me with doing the most productive task at every given moment. You know, over the last 40, 50 days, we've been able to one, document footage for the YouTube, two, uh, document footage for the online university, and then three, I've sharpened my saw. I've gotten a lot better at sales myself. And, you know, I'm constantly learning as well. Like anybody that calls themselves the goat or the best, they're not the best. There's hundreds of goats. There's hundreds of goats at certain things. And, you know, maybe not hundreds, maybe less than that. But, you know, there's not one right way to do it or one wrong way to do it. It's just, hey, what can I pick up off this person to add to my bag of tricks so I can just continually polish myself and, you know, get myself to become the best version of myself at door-to-door selling. Yeah, I can, I can, uh, yeah, that's perfect, bro. And what's like some of the products you guys offer for those people that don't really know, like what, and you know, you can list them as importance or whatever, but like, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you guys have? So I think the most valuable uh, thing that you could get is either the online university, which gives you the ability to shadow me from your cell phone. Um, we don't just talk about sales. We have full footage, like actual live sales um, we have, we're, we'll have over 20 of them once they upload this new batch, but 20 real sets, 20 real closes in the home, going through the, all the forms, you know, seeing exactly breaking it down. Um, the YouTube breaks down full sets and actual entertaining content. Uh, the slicks, which are actual visual aids laminated to be able to take the process and, you know, have the homeowner visualize what you're doing. Um, we have the solar knock cards, which handles every major objection and, you know, word for word flashcards. And then we have two specific workbooks, um, the challenges of door to door selling, where you rate yourself as an overall salesperson, and then a new set of cards, which just got released. Um, it's called the setting closing workbook. So it breaks down every step of the set, every step of the close and all the one liners, pretty much my whole presentation written out word for word. Yeah, I I've I remember I bought the knock cards originally too. I bought uh, you were I think you were at D to D Fest and I was just like spamming you on Instagram like, "Bro, bro, I need them. I need them. I need them." You're like, "Are you coming?" I'm like, "No, I got to work." Sorry. You're like, "Next year don't work. Come." And I was like, "Okay, but what about the cards, you know?" And I'll be honest, like I didn't I didn't expect anything out of it. I just I'm the kind of guy where like if I get cuz Gary V taught me this a long time ago cuz I've been taking I took getting Gary V for a long time and he's he he's very much like what you and Danny are doing. Uh, has a camera guy following him around and he gives away free shit for free. I mean, he just everything. Cause you know what he says? He says, you're probably not even going to use it. So it doesn't matter. I could tell you every, every business move I'm making, you're probably never even going to do it. So it doesn't even matter. But those of you that do it are going to have a testimonial, right? Well, what it is, this is the nugget. You cannot <laughs> reflex an idea. You can only reflex actual words. The common denominator between the top championship 
prize fighters and the top door-to-door salesman is the championship boxer can reflex and avoid a punch faster than he can breathe. The same with the top sales professionals. They don't reflex an idea. They reflex actual words because they memorized, they practiced, they drilled and rehearsed. Practice does not make perfect. Only perfect practice makes perfect. So being able to have professional reflexes in door-to-door selling is a big portion of it. You know, this like, you know, you're not going to utilize material. It's like, it's like, it's like you come to a really big event and you don't take notes. It's like eating spaghetti with a spoon. You'll get a lot on you, but you're not going to get a lot in you and you get it on you and that's not going to help you, you know? So being able to actually consume it and then actually utilize it and then you internalize it and then you reinforce it. There's five steps to the actual learning process, being aware and alert, and then actually, you know, going through the process of, of utilizing it and then internalizing it and then reinforcing it. And training isn't supposed to be easy. You know, like some people don't even listen to podcasts because, you know, they just do it for fun or some people do, some people don't. And, you know, it's like, hey, I listened to this and I took some value out of it and now I'm going to make money because of it. That's how-to sales training is what I teach is how-to sales training. It's the the meat and potatoes. So, and and I just want to, you know, I, I've been in I've been in the door to door game for five years, obviously less time than you, but I, I've seen I've seen my fair share of correlations. I can tell you that from you know, just office to office and all the environments. So we we had we had the pleasure of you hosting a correlation today, and you know I I, I walk into these things. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, you have no idea what yeah. a human being is going to say. <laughs> it's true. You know, and I've seen your content and, you know, so here's the, some of the things that I, I, I admire about what you and Danny are doing with Knockstar. First is that you're very, very white label. Um, you know, the integrity line between company to company and separating and, and there's no, you know, cause this is the, the fear you get, right? Oh, is they going to try and recruit my guy? Well, there's none of that, first of all. So companies are safe with you guys sharing your content because you guys are trustworthy because you understand that from, from the ownership perspective. But more important, well, I guess equally important is the content. The content today was fire. I mean, I, you know, I, I was sitting there taking notes, you know, and again, I've been in, a, read a lot of books and a lot of content and taught a lot of correlations and listened to them, but the content was fire. So, you know, I, I'm just sitting here listening to your, your podcast. And I think what people have to understand about when they're listening to you talk right now is that you've really, in a sense, become a professional teacher. And so you, you reiterate the same information again and again and again, because it's so vital. And as human beings, it's just like a customer you said in the meeting today, like how many times do we have to tell them there's no down payment, sir. (laughs) And like nine times later, but it's the same, but we're the same as the buyer. We're buyers, right? We're reps. Sometimes a rep needs to hear something five or 10 or 15 times and you become a professional teacher. And the correlation today was just fire and it was white labeled and you pushed it out Arcadia and you did the rah, rah, rah Arcadia, but it was money, man. The content was fire. Yeah. And you know, I look at the five most important parts of being a door-to-door salesman and what I'm trying to hit on. And it's actually the same in teaching. I need to be very clear. I need to have clarity. I need to be repetitive. And I've made a lot of the same points up there, right? The same way that I make a lot of the same points in my presentation on the doors. I need to believe in what I'm doing, having a deep down belief, energy. The guy with the most energy makes the most money. And then I need to service. I knew that I wanted to come in here and give people way more than they expect and 
every time that I go into different sales teams, it's a different crowd. So I just try to speak with them at that same frequency on how they're going to be able to learn mm. because they're sales trainers that may be great, but they don't talk on the right frequency and it goes in one ear and out the other the same way on the doors. So part of communication, even when you don't understand the words, you react to somebody's range of their voice, the volume, the pace, and the actual way that they pronounce their actual words. So, you know, I think that those are probably the five most important points. And obviously indifference is another one. You know, you got to be a little bit different than everybody else, you know, that's knocked on their door. Like what I'm doing is completely different because they just didn't explain it correct. The biggest problem with solar, a lot of door-to-door sales is people don't understand it like the back of their hand and they don't explain it and they get confused. A confused mind says, no, the greatest enemy is the client's fear. People want to relax. I need to help them relax, rationalize the decision. Closing is creating the decision. People buy emotionally and they rationalize it with logic. So I just follow the fundamentals and I'm real with people. Like people like me, my customers love me and and I and I love my customers. I add them on Facebook, they add my Instagram. I text them, they save my number into their phone. We text back and forth with emojis. You know, and that's just like part of this game is like we talk about you know it being a game. I never did this for the money. I did this for the scoreboard. I loved the scoreboard and the scoreboard loved me. If you ignore the scoreboard, the scoreboard will ignore you. And that's why there's so much mediocrity in sales. Yeah, that's yeah, there's a lot to take from that. And there's a lot more I want to talk about, but I know you got to run. Um, so there's one, I want you to leave everyone with one nugget because this is something that comes up a lot from new reps that hit me up on the Instagram is uh, just what's like some, just a piece of advice for a new rep, maybe it's struggling, maybe it's doing well, whatever, but maybe in their first couple months, first couple days, or there's people that are listening to this podcast that aren't even in the industry yet. So what's like kind of some advice that you could give them? I'll leave you with three. First, decisions will decide your wealth. Secondly, is you have to maintain an even keel. You can't allow your highs to get too high and you can't allow your lows to get too low. And that's easier said than done. And the way that I maintain the even keels, I think about the line, he who angers you controls you. So I'm not going to let somebody like me get my lows too low and make an emotional decision or my highs get too high. I just want to maintain that even keel. And this was a big aha moment that I got. Learn from your mistakes because some of the biggest mistakes are about to happen to you later in your life. And if you can learn to minimize your mistakes early, some of the biggest mistakes, like the biggest mistake may be happening to me sooner than later. But if I'm aware of that, that I'm going to make some huge mistakes later in my life, I'm going to learn to minimize those later on. So learn from your mistakes. Some of the biggest mistakes are about to happen in your life. And then whenever I make decisions, I'm also very, I'm all always very deliberate about decision-making. I think about things at all different angles before I make a decision. And sometimes you think with your head, I think with my gut, I go with my gut feeling on a lot of those things when I'm unsure about a decision. And, you know, that would probably be the best, you know, advice that I would, would offer to people as far as, you know, those, those three quick nuggets. Yeah, it's good shit, man. I appreciate you, bro. Um, I know you're going to come back to Vegas soon. You got a couple more days out here, so we might be able to line you up. But I appreciate your time, bro. Honestly, man, thanks for coming on here. It's been a long time coming. I've been asking you guys for a minute. So I appreciate you coming here, doing it in real life. We didn't have to do it on Zoom. So thanks a lot, bro. Thank you, bro. Hey, we might have to take this a little bit further and go hit the doors. So that's where the real content Let's see what we can do, baby. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast. If you have any questions or ideas, please contact us on Instagram. 
at Arcadia LV or at the Door Knocker Podcast. Our show is produced at 11th Street Records in downtown Las Vegas. Thanks for listening. 